Buzz Talk Business, talking to you about the real stories and connecting real with people with real life. This is Buzz Talk Business. So here today then at the Ascot Brewing Company, Chris is joining us. Hello. Good morning. How are you, sir? It's been a little while since I've seen you. Mm. Lots going on. Lots have been going on. Um, so tell us, how's it been for you guys? It's been pretty tough, is not it? The, um, so my favourite quote at the moment is that uh, 95% of our business is with pubs. And those pubs have been closed for the last eight months of 12. So somewhere in there is the maths that says that it's been a challenge. Mm. It's been a challenge for lots of people, and especially your kind of industry has suffered quite badly. Yeah, I think any, anybody and everybody in hospitality has not had a uh, fair shake, uh, and other industries have um, been, well, uh, been better looked after than, than hospitality. Although, of course, there's been furlough schemes and grant schemes and restart schemes and all sorts of things that have helped uh, everybody. Um, but it still in no way replaces the business that we would have done or the growth path that we'd set ourselves now uh, 15 months ago or so. So we're on our business little podcast here today. So how long has it been in operation, the Ascot Brewing Company? Well, the, the, the company is actually Ascot Ales Limited, and that has been going 13 years. I bought the company three years ago, three and a half years ago. So we changed not only the name from Ales to Ascot Brewing Company, but of course have raised during that time uh, three quarters of a million pounds through crowdfunding, uniquely in three rounds. I'll get daily calls about how to do it. So um, we've become quite experienced, but we have 800 shareholders. Uh, clearly some own more than others, uh, but they are you know, part of our wider team of people who, who drink the beer that we uh, produce. Um, so I suppose in the time that I've been involved, uh, we've managed to have uh, John Willets join us, who's our head brewer. So in uh, 2016, he brewed the champion beer of Britain. So when I bought the business, I tried to find the best brewer I could on the basis that the best brewer is going to make the best beer. And now some of that um, is coming to fruition, given the beers that we're now turning out and the uh, support that we're getting from people buying our beer and talking about our beer on various uh, social media platforms, including Instagram and um, Facebook and the like. So some of those are tremendous. Uh, In fact, one of our beers called Chaos More Chaos. You can't see this, but I'm wearing a Chaos More Chaos T-shirt. That's in the top half dozen New England pale ales in the country. So we are now selling that beer to uh, you know, Scotland, Manchester, Brighton, Aberystwyth, Bristol, um, etc. So that's uh, that standing us in good stead. Um, that approach to putting beer that we would have sold uh, to pubs, and to my mind should have sold to pubs, but has now been put into cans. So canning has become a saviour for all craft brewers, not just ourselves. So why did you move into this industry yourself then? Yeah, good question, Roger, because at one point over the last year I thought, why did I move into this business, Chris? (laughs) Uh, The actual real story is that I retired in December uh, from a, I spent a lifetime in software, and um, I got a bit bored, but quickly. And then by the April, I'd bought, what was I say, Ascot Ales. 
So, and it's been um, it's been much harder than I thought. It was hard to start with, and then it's become doubly so or more because of, of course the COVID pandemic and, and I'm not saying I'm any different from anybody else it just wasn't quite what I expected where the difficulties would be uh, you know it's a challenge to uh, uh, create a product which is obviously the beer in our case or find a market which is pubs and so with uh, one of those legs of the um, business being taken away it's becoming it's problematic on them Have you always had an interest in craft beers? Are you saying I've always been a drinker, Roger? Is that what you've been saying? <laughs> most, most, I always answer the question by saying I've been training for this job for about 45 years. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> so why particular beers then? Was it just something you were scanning through or do you specifically go out to look for a I always find company? it's best to tell the truth in these situations. So I was looking for something. And then on a Sunday, I took my better half uh, to a wood. And this wood had a 200-metre uh, stream river frontage. It had shooting rights, fishing rights, etc. And she said, what are we doing here? And I said, well, I'm going to buy the wood. And she said, no, you're not. Good call. And that was the end of that. So I thought, well, what else could I do? All these great plans for this wood that I was going to do with truffles and renting out truffle dogs, great ideas. But that got kiboshed pretty quickly. And then I said, what about buying a brewery? And then she said, that's a great idea. Why do you think she liked that one then? She drinks beer. Ah. <laughs> See, the, fun, the funny thing is, though, that, you know, in, with the benefit of hindsight, buying a wood would have been the better option during a pandemic. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was going to come, did I? No. <laughs> we could all have made a lot more money if we'd been involved with the... Uh, National Health Service or other, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. The things—it's sliding doors, isn't it? You know, it was an idea, fanciful and other. There are some tax breaks and things that goes with owning a wood. Um, but this is—I uh, enjoy doing it. It's not like a job. I've had a job. I've had a few jobs, but this isn't like a job. So this is a—you know—almost a pastime. Um, so I, and I treat it as such. doesn't mean to say that uh, I could afford not to make any money. I can't. And I put a lot of money into doing this. So at some point I thought uh, when I started I'd give it five years and then sort of uh, move on and other. Clearly those plans have changed. And uh, so I'm not quite sure what that sort of gestation period is now to getting out the other side and uh, going to live in Bora Bora. So you said that uh, one of the things that you've had to change because of the pandemic was going into the canning you've talked about the different towns that you um, export to what other things have you changed in the way that you were originally planning to do it yeah so canning has taken up a lot of our time uh, but also we've uh, built out the um, online marketplace if you like so selling directly to consumers clearly is a better model for us and like a lot of businesses things possibly won't go back to as they were in, in entirety or anywhere near it so clearly it is a better market for us if we can sell the beer that we produce as a manufacturer directly to someone who's going to drink it by pubs are in the way yeah, or wholesalers in the way so again lots of craft brewers have done this but you're know, selling directly to con consumers is a good idea and there's lots of models in lots of different um, environments industries that do that uh, so you know we hope to continue doing that you know, we, we saw last week there were less sales online because people were able to go to the pub. 
so it's bound to level out at some point or how um, but uh, again in when we were just chatting earlier the number of pubs who are now open this last week is about one third of those that we have in the in the country so you know, 66% of them aren't open mm. probably because they can't make any money by opening up so the government was either clever in the way it did it or didn't actually understand what they were doing mm. so discussion um, so serving people outside is uh, an overhead that's uh, pretty pretty high yeah there's a lot of intense activity isn't it like the staffing you've no idea how many people are going to be turning out you can always cater to the maximum but you don't know whether it's going to ever be the maximum well actually that's the fundamental change I think because people haven't uh, to my mind necessarily booked to go to the pub you go now people book to go to the pub so that's actually quite good so we know they might uh, cancel or they might change their booking which we have an online uh, booking uh, piece uh, um, that people can use and it's a bit of a godsend isn't it because we know that we have you know 150 people coming at 12 o'clock so you can staff uh, and uh, prepare beer beer to um, that number so do you have time slots yeah yeah so they are generally speaking we start you know we've only been doing this for the last week but <laughs> this is how it's shaking out so we do from you know 12 o'clock to 11 o'clock or whatever we do uh, so you can book a slot for let's say two hours often people book a double slot yeah but the, the, i think uh, that the two hours is probably the, the norm and then you know people come down here in their you know um rule of six or uh, you know, outdoors is two households with eight people. Hope I've got that right. Um, I think it's two households, and if that makes more than eight, that's fine. Right. And otherwise, it's the rule of six of friends. Okay, so I think we've got it written down somewhere, so we can always <laughs> know, uh, uh, do that. Because everybody's got. So it's a bit like uh, again we we're saying earlier about uh, paying indoors. So you have to not only order outside, drink outside. Um, but you have to pay outside. So the fact that you can go into pretty much any other shop, retailer or other, and um, view purchases and pay, it seems to be uh, an imposition on pubs not to have that. I, I don't understand it myself, uh, but I'm sure we all don't understand lots of things that have gone over the last uh, 12 months. Uh, but certainly yeah. for me, that, that seems to be wrong. Mm, that does seem a bit like the um, substantial meal situation, doesn't it? Actually, we like that. <laughs> <laughs> because it would mean that people would come here and have a drink and have a pizza. So that, actually, that, was, that, 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 that sort of worked well. for us. You know, we, didn't, we were talking about other things to add to the menu, but um, fortunately, the, those people who voted for Scotch eggs have been voted down. Oh, really? I love a Scotch egg. Do I love like a it? Scotch egg, yes. <laughs> so, how many can you seat here, then? Well, socially distanced, we can sit just shy of 100. Yeah, so um, we've got these gazebos, uh, so you can sit under here and have you know, six or eight people. But we think it's just shy of 100 uh, at any one time. But clearly, when you, we all know going to the pub, it's usually not 100 at one time. They sort of move through the day, people coming and people leaving. Uh, I mean, we're looking forward to the um, May date, 17th, for being able to open indoors, because that will double our capacity even under the uh, socially distance uh, criteria. I think it's actually 72 upstairs. So, you know, that's... And then, of course, even more so, the June date, which, uh, you know, from the figures I can see, that it's just we've got to all open up in June and, you know, get on with our lives. Um, because 
the overhead in serving people outdoors or in, in fact indoors is huge. We use double the amount of staff that we would do normally uh, because if you go to a pub, you go in and you order your beer from the bar, get your beer, go find a table, or sort of. You don't book, get a table number, come in, somebody asks you what you want to go to drink, they go and fetch it, bring it back, and the palaver that that causes. It's better than not opening, but the, the cost shouldn't be... Um, uh, forgotten in, mm. in it's not normal service at all it's very high maintenance isn't it and we've all just kind of got used to that table service thing because it's opportunity as an end user customer um, we kind of like sitting down and then watch you guys running backwards and forwards but it's high maintenance for you high yeah. uh, staff yeah one of the staff told me that over the weekend he'd walked or maybe ran some of it 25 kilometres yeah, yeah, so and that's within the brewery so the other guys will have done similarly uh, that. Uh, and, and then I think there's sometimes there's some misunderstanding or uh, other, you know, some people get a bit uh, irate that the service isn't as fast as it could be. Um, so we've had a couple of people say, where's my beer? I've only had two beers in an hour and a half. I was thinking of spending the rest of the day here, but I'm going to go. So, you know, we apologise to those people. Uh, we'll do better. We've got some other ideas about how to uh, uh, become a little bit more efficient in doing it. But I think everyone's got to have a little bit more give. Yeah, a little bit of tolerance because yeah. everybody's uh, having to learn a new way temporarily. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's temporarily because when you get to the middle of June, it all can hopefully go back to how we were doing it before. What kind of things are you looking forward to going Yeah, forward? I'm looking forward to the 17th of June. <laughs> In fact, since we've been here, I think we've had about six or seven weeks only that we operated, I would say, you know, normally, where you could come to the bar, get a beer, and sit down yourself. Since then, it's, uh, you know, 23rd of March last year, it's uh, been other. Uh, so, you know, clearly I'm looking forward to that. You know, quite what the new normal is going to be, I'm not so sure. You know, there's uh, people who will still not be happy to go to the pub. Um, so there are a lot of um, pubs and other restaurants who've opened outdoor facilities who've spent a lot of money. You know, I think the papers carry these, you know, some in London, you know, £50,000. That is a lot of money for an organisation like us to spend when supposedly another eight weeks or whatever it is till the June date, you wouldn't quite need the same level of sneeze screens or, or, or um, other things that have been had to be put in place. You know, it's, it's a lot of money. So whilst the government's helping with some of these restart grants, um, uh, I don't, well, no, we, didn't, we haven't had one as of yet, hopefully. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a restart grant on the basis that you should have had the money before you had to restart. And, and it hasn't actually got... Hasn't appeared. No, not as yet. I'm, I'm, you know, keep my fingers crossed, like all these things. Um, but it's certainly very helpful. So, you know, we, we were grateful to uh, Richie, uh, Rishi and, uh, you know, for doing some of the things that he's put in place, as a lot of other companies have been in other industries, not only hospitality. So you're doing a lot of changes inside as well? Yeah, we're trying to you know, put a different, slightly different proposition in place, so we've got some ideas to uh, make it more industrial. You know, I mean, it is a warehouse after all, but a lot of white in here, as people say, so we're trying to get rid of some of the white, you know, glaring white walls. Uh, so we, we've got some uh, corrugated iron that we're putting up. Hopefully it'll look the, the piece. Uh, we've, got a, we've had made uh, a stainless steel drip tray 
It's been delivered this morning. Fantastic piece of kit. <laughs> I can tell you're dead excited about it. Well, yeah, that's lovely. A drip tray full of beer. He's excited uh, yeah. about it. <laughs> well, obviously catches a drip, but, but it's made of stainless steel and it just, it looks great. You know, again, it hopefully just adds to hopefully what will be an an experience to come here that's unusual to come and sit in the brewery where you can see all the beer being made even and smell it smell it yeah they're brewing today aren't they i think they bring gold cup today so um yeah it's different isn't it you don't come here if you're going to have a um, three course you know end meal that's not what we do no stick to the stuff you're really really good at it's fantastic good experience unique Indeed. Yeah, and that's, you know, say over the weekend we were pleased with it, what's, what's happened. I think it's crossed, it keeps going. Yeah. It was a sonic boom, that Roger, sonic boom. Sonic boom. <laughs> <laughs> All adds to the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question now. Um, anyone that wants to go into the field that you've decided to take your career, career path, any advice? Yeah, don't do it, there's too many of us already. <laughs> And that real answer. And the real answer, you know, as I said earlier, it's, it's a, uh, I'm enjoying doing it. Uh, you know, probably at a different stage in my life, so different criteria. Uh, but the thing I've enjoyed about doing this is that the things that I have learned from working for some pretty big companies, I've worked for uh, Procter & Gamble or Xerox or, you know, Wang Computers back in the day and other, Exxon, you know, huge, most well, biggest companies in the world. Um, and to use some of the things I learnt there and make them happen here. So whether it's, I've always been in sales and marketing, so some of the things that I've learnt that uh, I'm using here. Um, so it's interesting in as far as you're taking something that is literally four ingredients and making it into a plethora of different styles of beer. It's a challenge, but also it's, it's hugely fulfilling. As I say, you can see the passion. You can hear the passion in the way that you talk, and you would have to be passionate about what you're doing, having gone through what we've gone through in the last period of time. Don't be fooled. I can make passion up on the spur of the moment. <laughs> so, a top tip then for some for a new person starting out right now, what would that top yeah, tip? Yeah, well, be? I mean, of course, like any industry and in any business, you've got to have the passion because you, and also you need to be able to convey it to others because you've got to carry other people with you. You know, a team of people who are supportive who are going to. Uh, you know, go to the uh, nth degree because small companies, it's tough. Mm. So, you know, top tip w- would be make sure that you are capable of financing the business because it's uh, it always takes more money than you think. Some things that uh, you know I've done like crowdfunding are good, but they take longer than you think. So everything takes longer, um, and also to to take your inspiration and then try and deliver it. Can I ask you this question then? A song that you live by. A song that you would take to that desert island? Yeah. I'm sure I had an answer for this, Roger, but you should have asked me earlier on and I thought about it. So, uh, um, it won't be another one bites of dust. Yeah. Quite, uh, so, um, maybe it's walking a wild song. Holly came from Miami, FLA Hitchhiked away across USA Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. That's yeah, a good choice. That's a good choice, good choice. Lou Reed, the man, 1972, three, something like that. Can't 
So when you lie in bed late at night, you think, I don't know what way to turn when I wake up in the morning. That's Actually, when you're my age, you wake up several times during the night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of in- inspires you to um, dig in deep and get older. Yeah, actually, I've done a lot of that wake up in the night. A lot of people have. Yeah. You know, because you're not sure how and what and where and when. Um, and I suppose like a lot of people, you try and clear it through. And then, generally speaking, it's not as bad as you thought. That was going to be your reorder, your, your thoughts, and then you can, can try and deal with them. Um, I suppose when, when it keeps me awake all night, I'll, I'll stop. Yeah. The quote you live by. Don't let another one bite the dust. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, good one. Good one. <laughs> it's been lovely to have you here on this podcast today. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. No, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Buzz Talk Business. Fancy being part of our next discussion? Then get in touch by emailing us at info at buzzpodcasts.co.uk and find out more of our conversation at buzzpodcasts.co.uk.